The following podcast is a Live the Dream Media production. This podcast is brought to you by Forget Me Nots Fine Floral and Gifts in Northwest Tucson. They have the most beautiful handcrafted floral arrangements for all occasions, and we have a code for you guys. When you call, mention Skinology, and if you spend $75, you will receive 15% off, and if you spend $125, you will receive 20% off. Reach them at 520-771-1329, and again, use code SKINOLOGY. Hi friends, welcome to Skinology Sessions. I'm Marielle. And I'm Selena. Hello, we have a restaurateur here. He's a husband, a father, a musician, owner of the Blacktop Grill in Northwest Tucson, lead singer of Los Streetlight Cur Players, and my hubby. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, honey. Hi, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Gabe Ceniceros. Uh, that's all I got. I think she pretty <laughs> much like, you know what I mean? Like summed it all up there. Like That's what I do. I take over. Right. <laughs> I just kind of take like a back seat. And happy Father's Day, first and foremost. Thank you. Yes, happy Father's Thank Day. You. We want to start by asking, what is your ideal Father's Day? It's Sunday. What are we doing to celebrate you? Um, I'm very simple. I just like being with my family and having a nice dinner. Honestly, like, that's plenty. A good meal goes a long way in my book, you know? So I'm not, I actually never really celebrate anything too hard. You know, you know that, like, I I take most times, I think sitting back for a nice dinner, it's like, just goes a long way for me. Specifically a good steak. Sure. Whatever that might be. Yeah. Right? Steak definitely falls under there. So we talk a lot about being a mom. Yeah. What is it like being a father? <sighs> it's amazing. It's a lot of work, a lot of energy. Not to discount moms. You know, moms put in a lot of work, too. I think as a parent, it's just, you know, probably the hardest thing I've ever done, but also very rewarding. You know, like, it's really, like, allowed me to see what's most important, right? And I just mean, like, you kind of drop the things that aren't important in order to make room for the important ones. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I love being a father, 100%. And you are the eldest of six. Yes. So what was it like growing up? What kind of childhood did you guys have? Because I know you're, I mean, you guys had a lot going on in, in a tiny house that they mm. grew up in. So And mm. Selena's the oldest of her family, too. Yeah, I'm not sure how it was for you, but I didn't realize it was a tiny house till later on in life, right? You, I go back now to the house I grew up in, and I'm like, holy shit, like, hell, we fit in here, like, you know, and... and One bathroom, eight people. Yeah, yeah. three tiny bedrooms and four boys. So we had... We had bunk beds, twin bunk beds, nevertheless, and two on each. And I still remember my grand epiphany. I was like, wait a minute. I could go and sleep on the couch. 
You know what I mean? It took <laughs> that took me years, like you know what I mean, to figure out that the couch could be used as a bed. So that was a big one for me. I was very proud of myself for figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys had a happy childhood and Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine being compressed in a tiny little house with six kids. Yeah, you're gonna get arguments and it's gonna you're gonna get there's no such thing as space. Or quiet. Yeah. And I think that's why I appreciate it so much <laughs> these days, right? Like amazing and you're the same way selena you like yeah, quiet like because quiet. you guys grew up in that that environment yeah, it was weird to go back home to yeah. that environment because yeah. they're younger than me so once i moved out it was a hard like way to try to figure out how to be back in that that atmosphere like you you get out of it you don't know how to take it all in again yeah you know it's, it's weird a, it is weird it's funny though like i think Nobody, like, none of my family really talks about it, right? But, for example, we all go out of town together, right? And everybody is somewhat independent. Everybody, like, we'll meet for dinner or we'll meet here. And in the meantime, everybody kind of goes and does their own thing. So we don't need to be stuffed in this one little room because yeah. we did it for so many years, right? I, I think it's an unspoken thing, and, and, and it's kind of made us, like, independent in that way. You know what I'm saying? I think what I appreciate about all of you guys is that you're all, they're all super close. Like, y'all check in on each other regularly. Yeah, We sure yeah. vacation with them and just, you know, they're super close and super tight. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's a it big family. Yeah. That's yeah. how it is. It, yeah, we, yeah, definitely. You know, you don't keep up as much as you can sometimes, but you know they're there. So what is your favorite memory of being the oldest in your family? My favorite memory? Just picking on my sisters. <laughs> still I was does like, that. Yeah, 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 I still kind of do, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it was just, you know, the most, I wouldn't say the most playful, but I guess I was kind of a bully in a sense, you know? <laughs> my youngest brother, like, be wearing his underwear, and I'd throw him outside and lock him out. You know what I mean? So he couldn't get in the door, and all the neighbors could see him, and... You know, I pick on my sisters and stuff like that. And it was kind of hard, too, because, you know, I'd, I'd get all the discipline, too, from my dad. You know, so I, I would, I kind of, yeah. Did you take in the mentor stage of being the oldest sibling where you kind of help them figure life out? Or has it kind of switched now that they're also adults where they're more like, hey, you should do it this way or that way? Is it even a stage of learning, or are you the dominant, like, you lead them? Nah, man, not at that age, right? Like, you're still trying to figure out stuff for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, I, you're at that age, like, you know, very insecure, figuring out life. Like, I'm not sure if I was, like ever a mentor because I was trying to figure out my own stuff uh -huh. you know what I'm saying so and then now are you nah no? everybody's pretty smart man it's funny like you mentioned that because we got together not long ago and I'm looking around and everybody's on it dude I was very like it was a very proud moment for me because they're not doing what I'm doing but they're killing it at what they are doing right in their careers or whatever it is even like you know they've all kind of found their path and they're really good at it and they're only climbing, and so it was a very proud moment for me. So. Everyone's successful in their own right. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. It was a really cool realization and a very proud moment, you know? 
So would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Mm. Definitely an extrovert. No, introvert. Introvert. Nobody knows that about me, right? Like, I can't just go out in a crowd and have small talk. Like, I hate small talk. You know, networking things. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, and everybody's like, but you're a musician. You play in front of all these people. Yeah, but I'm not talking to them. <laughs> you know, it's, like, different from, like, for example, like, I leave on the stage. I'm hiding behind a mic. Off the stage, you're out of the, like in the crowd, and you're like, and I'm like, I don't just go up to someone like, what's your name? What are you doing? Like, nah. I think that's a misconception because he's so like friendly and open, and people would think he's like this big people person, but no, he like likes to retreat, and if we're around too many people, he gets drained. Like we, if we go on a weekend with too are many people. Are you the extrovert? I never thought so, but I don't know. I mean. Definitely an extrovert. Really? Yeah. I never thought that. Yeah. She makes friends in the ran most random of places. I'm just willing to give everybody a chance. Do you guys want your son to be an extrovert or an introvert? I think or he already is an extrovert. Yeah. Well, yeah, he can make friends with anybody. He does make friends with anybody. Yeah. And he's just, like, so friendly and outgoing and chatty. And yeah. it he doesn't take the quiet moments. He's just, like, a wild animal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking on your son, what are the goals that you have for him when he grows up? Mm. Um, you know, I don't have any goals for him. I think he's going to make his own decision, right? The only thing I could do as a parent right now is, is I hope what he sees is my hustle, our hustle, and and he follows in that and, and understands that whatever he decides to do is going to take work, right? And he has my full support. Like, if he wants to be a dancer, whatever that is, right? Like, he's, he's going to have my full support. But I hope what I could instill in him is hustle and, and know that it's going to take work to get wherever he wants to go. Work ethic. Right. Yeah. But I'm not, I can't be the one that says, like, oh, he's taking over the family business. I wouldn't do that to him. It, it's it's going to be what he's about. And you know what I mean? There's no right answer for that. Mm -hmm. I think because he's artsy and I'm artsy and we're both creative, he's probably going to turn around and just be like an accountant <laughs> or like a lawyer or something, <laughs> which is fine. Um, and also you are not going to push him to college, which mm -hmm. is something that we kind of disagree on because I feel like everybody needs that college experience and Gabe disagrees. I kind of feel the same way. You do? I feel like anymore you can do technical schools or vocational schools or like an IT, whatever's within their like passion. You can find some kind of trading and even if it's small, oh, it's yeah. going to make them what they need to be. Yeah. Tell us about your college experience. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't know this about Gabe, but he's got a degree in... Um, computer science and mm -hmm. drafting, and at one point he worked for an, uh, an architecture firm, mm -hmm. which Eng is... Engineering. Engineering. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So you went to college, you did that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably one of those times, and now, like, I, like, looking back, it's one of those times where God was telling me it wasn't for me, right? I just kind of, like, powered through. And the reason I went to that, the reason I went into that career 
is because at the time I was working in restaurants the majority of my life, right? And so I talked to an old family friend, and he was, like, doing the drafting, and he told me, I'm making $800 a week. I was like, holy shit. I've never, I'd never seen that type of money at that age, right, like, ever. So $800 to me, I was like, a week? Man, and, and I didn't really have direction at the time, right? Like, at, I, so I jumped into that career more because my buddy was doing it, and he mentioned how much he was making. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily the path for me and the college experience. Like, I just remember, like, not being interested, and I somehow made it through. You know, I got the degree shortly after, you know, I ended up getting a job. And I'm not, I'm not completely discounting the job and stuff like that, but, mm, 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 yeah, it wasn't for me. It was a desk job. Yes. Right. Yeah. And yeah. some people, I think, are just not cut out for that. Yeah. I was there. Like, it was just, you know, it was a learning experience, and I met, like, a lot of really great people. But it was also, like, this feeling I was like, man, I worked my butt off for this? This is it? Like, I'm just going to sit here? for the next X amount of years, and this is it. And so quickly, I realized it wasn't for me. It still came in handy, though, because years later, when we moved into the new Skidology, this guy designed all of the blueprints for that, like put together the entire layout, and I was impressed. There was, like, dimensions on there. Yeah. So yeah. you definitely still have, like, that knowledge. Yeah, in the back of your a lot head. of it comes in handy, and, like, you know, a lot of stuff. You kind of keep, keep certain aspects of different careers you know what I'm saying so did you always want to be in the restaurant industry or when did that come about you know like the restaurant has always the restaurants have always been the 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 easy job right so my first job was KFC I'll never forget and and it just kind of like you know you jump from restaurant to restaurant if you've ever been in the industry you know this like you more than likely have worked at different restaurants and it was just it's just easy to get into them but never i don't think a lot of people look at them as careers and coming from a hispanic family you know everybody kind of pushes you for the college degree so they're not saying oh you should like work at a restaurant the rest of your life or own one nevertheless right so you know they're back to college like it was just a little bit of that, like, okay, well, I need to do something. I'm just going to jump into this career. And you never really think of restaurants as the go-to, right? Like the it, career. The career, yeah. I, I tried many years to get out of it. I think this guy is modest, but, I mean, he has over 25 years of restaurant experience. So it makes sense that you would open your own restaurant. Yeah. Tell us about the beginning of Blacktop. Like the very beginning? Like day one beginning mm -hmm. or first year beginning? Um, so this kind of like takes me back to like the desk job, right? Once I I, I was sitting there, I kind of missed like the, the hustle and grind of the restaurant. So and in 2008, you know, when the everything crashed, so I got laid off. And it was probably like the best thing that ever happened to me. So... You know, of course, the restaurants were there open-armed, waiting for an employee to come back. So I did that again. I went back. And, and once I moved to Tucson, I knew I wanted something different. And I was working at the Cheesecake Factory at the time. And, and all I know is food, 
right at this point. All I know is food. And I know that I don't want to work for anybody anymore. Right? So I said, I'm going to buy this crappy little cart, and I'm going to see how far I could take it. That's actually like a true conversation in my head. Like, But the original plan was just to get out from working from under the man, right? And so, you know, it was not, not ideal at all. Like, you know, the, I still remember the first day. Like, oh, like, yeah, I'm going to make bank. And I had, like, just everything ready to go. And I had, like, my little change person. Like, yeah. And I made one sale. One sale. What was it? Hot dog. Right? It was a hot dog. I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you which one it was. Right? Like, like, I only had two of them at the time, but it, it, I made one sale. I was like, yikes. And then that kind of went on for like weeks, weeks. And note, like, I actually got very lucky with a place on campus. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to get all these students. Nah, man, they would walk right by. You know what I mean? Everybody had Jimmy John's, and you're just like, man, you know, that took, it took months. It took a long time to, like, even make anything significant. How did you not give up? I figured out real quick that even though I sat there for eight hours and made a few sales, I would make almost as much as serving at the Cheesecake Factory, busting my ass for six hours, right? And I was mm -hmm. chilling. I was chilling. I would be there to sell occasional hot dogs. I remember this Asian guy, he would... He's one of our best customers. He would order like $20 worth of food. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. Every time he pulled up, he pulled up in this $100,000 Porsche. And it was in a red zone, and he didn't care. <laughs> like, he got out, he ordered. He's like, I'll just wait here. Just bring it to me. I'm like, I'll do whatever you want. He just spent, <laughs> he just spent 20 bucks. But, you know, it, 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 it's just those little realizations as, as my career progressed that you're not like, wow. I just made sixty dollars. It takes me a hundred, you know, triple the time serving at the Cheesecake Factory to make that, right? So, those are realizations, and and, and it just kind of grew from there. So that versus where we are now. <sighs> Tell us about the restaurant now. It's nuts. Or how you knew to, to like grow from a truck to yeah. a storefront. Yeah. Um. Th there's a lot of reasons, right? So. Um, when I started thinking about the restaurant, probably like five years in, and, and really I'd already mastered like the food truck game. I had mastered it. Like I, I, I had my routines. I had just this income-producing little thing, right? And the regular stops. The regular stops, mm -hmm. the events, the people that always reach out for their larger events, and and the it there was like a cap on how much I could make by myself, right? And I had already experienced that. So I was like, man, like, I could either keep going like this or we could go a little harder, right? So that was a motivation. Another one is by year five, by year four or five, like, I still remember the first person that came up, right? It took about four or five years. I still remember the first person that came up and said, you're our favorite food truck. And it, it caught me off guard, I was like, really? I was like, okay, and <laughs> catch my breath. It's really humbling to, you know, it never really stopped from there. Like, man, the response 
So that was really motivating and taking up another level. I'm like, man, people responded. So the way they do it, it, you're like, man, if I could do this at a bigger level, I'm going to get the same response. You just have that confidence, right? So that was a motivation, man. And then the restaurant idea came in the middle of the pandemic, which is crazy. March of 2020 is when we were supposed to open. And then we saw everything like getting crazy with COVID. And so, of course, it didn't happen. By by the fall of 2020, this guy was like, listen, this thing's not going anywhere. We have to just keep moving forward. So we're going to sign. We're going to do it. And then yeah. November of 2020 is when we opened the doors. Yeah. It was a blessing. It was kind of a blessing. Like, um, I'd already been working on it like a year before that, and then the pandemic hit, and I was actually able to like focus in, like priceless time, and put the work in. To Read the contracts and negotiate. Yeah, yeah, there was no stress. Like it was just a daily thing, and I was able to do a lot of work in that time frame where you know i i knew i knew at that moment like you know we're not going to get this time back and so i really used it wisely to you know not only do my homework but you know get all that work done and it's a lot of work y'all to open a restaurant so respect to everybody that you know pushes and, and takes the time to open one it's not an easy it's not an easy career path can we talk about your other pandemic project because yeah. it's top secret nobody knows about this yeah. And I'm going to out him right now <laughs> because I feel like it's time and this is going to be the next project. So can you tell us about your pandemic project? Yeah. Like not only did I open the restaurant, but I started writing a book for, for, for people that, that want to open up a food truck. It was, it felt right. You know, I was, I, and I'm still like humbled, very humbled that people come to me as, you know, for advice and stuff like that. I never, I, Never thought I'd be that person, right? But people, like, I want to start a food truck. What do I do? Like, what do I do here? What do I do there? You know, like, just like, you know, they have a lot of questions, as did I. Like, I didn't have that, like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have that mentor that could show me, like, you know. So it was very inspiring to me, and, and, and so I just started writing. We had time. I had time to write, like, you know, so... How did you write it? Did you write it on like a computer by hand? Yeah. Did you hire somebody? No, I did it my I'm did it on myself. I did it all myself. Like I I would just get in there and essentially like focus on a chapter and brainstorm and I brainstorm all the chapters and and, and then just kind of tighten them up and then I sent them to a professional which edited edited it. it, 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 it. <laughs> a professional editor. Yeah, a professional <laughs> editor. And so they tightened it up, and next thing you know, like, you know, I had a whole book. When are you releasing it? Uh, I've been pushing him to to do this, right? He's been hoarding this book of, like, valuable golden information for over two years now. So it's time. Nah, I, I, I haven't been hoarding it. I don't <laughs> know. It's just, you know, the it's I'm, I've finally gotten the restaurant to a place where I actually have time to think, and I have time to often... The book was in the far back burner. Like, man, I, I, I'm trying to keep the doors open. Like, you're not thinking about posting your book, right? Like, so now that we've gotten that and, and we got people coming through the door, like, it's just starting to feel right to, you know, put it out there. I think, does it make you nervous to be, like, a published author? Because that's the next level. And I feel like 
maybe you haven't like realized it yet. Yeah, of course, man. Like, you know, I have the same insecurities as anybody else. Like, you know, it's like, man, who's going to want to read this or listen to this? But you just throw it out there, man, and, and people want to know. I think that's how we felt about the podcast for a little bit. Yeah. Like, who's going to listen to this? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the devil trying to scare you off, yo. It is the devil. Yeah. It's that little voice in your head. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be your good friend. enough. Yeah, it is not your friend. And it's always going to be there, straight mm -hmm. up. You know what I mean? So you just kind of got to keep pushing regardless of the voice. So how do you and Marielle either talk business or keep business separate from mm -hmm. home life? How do you guys do that? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe are in a marriage where there's two entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and they're trying to manage. They're, they're, they're trying to manage... What like either not talking about business or finding the right time to talk business with each other without yeah. it being too much. Gotcha. Um, I think we learned how to balance it really well. Um, but it's exciting to talk ideas with my wife. You know what I'm saying? We sit there in the morning over coffee, just talking ideas. It's a good idea, bad idea. What do you think about this? And it's, it's fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really fun. And then at the same time, we turn it off. Like, there at the evening time, yeah. yeah. Like, everybody's kind of re just reading their book or chilling and doing their own thing. You I know? think we're good at telling each other, like, okay, my brain's at capacity for the day. Like, I'm done. Let's talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. But it also helps that we have, like, his and hers businesses. Mm -hmm. So he does his thing at Blacktop. I do my thing at Skinology. I help with the socials, and he helps with, like, our maintenance. And that's it. We kind yeah. of stay out of each other's way. And, um, you know, we try not to overstep, too. I mean, I do it because I am a foodie and I think certain things need like a little extra cilantro or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> he gets annoyed and he's like, I don't tell or you how to do lettuce. your facials. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, the lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one time you put lettuce in the fancy quesadilla instead of fresh organic spinach? Nope. Nope. He has no <laughs> recollection of this. Um, yeah, yeah it's just a, it's little a things. Yeah, but to answer your question, like it, it, it's it's fun to have that person where I could just blurt ideas out and 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 a lot of you know big picture ideas and somebody that understands where I'm coming from and knows that it's possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, so you guys have kind of created a safe space for each other's dreams and aspirations. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. The only thing <laughs> that he hates is when I'm like, what about this European vacation? Like, let's go take this trip, 2023, Orlando, Disney World. And he's like, whoa. Like, I got payroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, relax. Like, relax. That's the only time he likes. But, I mean, those are the goals, right? Like, yeah. So where do you see the future of Blacktop? Right now... Man, I see a lot of things, but right now, in a realistic, from a realistic standpoint, I'm trying to be the best. I'm trying to be the best in our genre, if you will. I want to make the best restaurant that I could possibly make, right? Like everything from the moment you walk in to that, that space where people want to hang out, you know, and... To be transparent, man, I'm I'm trying to hit that place like a million dollars in sales a year. 
So it, it, I'm, that's where I'm at, right? That is a big goal in itself, and that's what's motivating me at the moment, to make us the best, the best, absolute best. And before that, I'm not going to think about another restaurant. You know, we're, we're still, I'm still tightening up a lot of processes within and until I feel like it's time. Like, I'm not thinking about a second or a third. I'm trying to make this spot the best I could possibly make it before whatever else, right? And that's my main focus right now at the moment. That's a good answer. And do you have a list of things that you're working on or how do you as a, a business owner ensure those next level steps? That is a really good question. How do I ensure the next level steps? I have to be a better version of myself, period, right? Because I got employees that count on me, and I got a place that needs me to make the best decisions that I could possibly make. A lot of the issues, you know, present themselves, and you deal with them as you go, and, and, and but I have to be the best version of myself in order to have a clear mind and fix the things that need fixing to get us to that next level, right? And and implement like all those strategies, like it's a lot. And do you read on strategies or do you go on the internet? Yeah, of course. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm always like open-minded to, so now, you know, there, I, I'm listening to restaurant podcasts and stuff like that, people from the industry, like, I just like wanna hear what they have to say because if I could implement anything, shh, bring it. I'm gonna give it a shot. What are you reading at the moment? Right now it's called like, I think I'm gonna screw the name up, but something like mm, the warrior handbook for men or something like that. And it's just essentially saying like, you know, us as men have been brought up to be the providers, right? It's not necessarily true these days, but hear me out here. And he says we, because we're solely focused on business and money, that we start lacking in family and health and other areas of life. So essentially what the book is trying to show you is like how to balance all that, you know, be a good father, be, be aware of your health and, and not just, you know, the business aspect of it. And, it's really good. Sounds like a good book. Yeah, it's really good. It actually it goes and explains, you know, what I hear a lot of complaints about, you know, the men of today. Why it, it's and 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 it gives credit and it goes all the way back to the industrial age. So before the industrial revolution, there were farms, right? And so the son and the dad would hang out all day, every day, do the work, and so the son had that father figure growing up. When the Industrial Revolution came, dads went to work in the factory and then the sons stayed home with mom. So the dad wasn't around to give them that, you know. The guidance. The guidance or, 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 or you know, what a man gives off to his son, right? Like, uh, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but, and he said it was an evolution. So, and then the men went to war, so the ladies took over the household and the ladies took over the industrial, industrial work. Yeah. Now the sons still don't have the that father figure, right? They still have leadership in women. You, you women are amazing, but they don't have that father figure, right? And 
he basically goes on and explains how it's an evolution to now. And it makes like complete sense. You're like, oh my God. So after reading this, are you going to be, I know you guys already take your son to work, but do you feel the need to take him more with you now to be in like, to teach him and grow? Yeah, he's seen it since day one. He's seen it since day one. I feel he's been watching everything since day one. And and he sees it. And I, I don't think he realizes how important it is, right? But later on, he, I think he's going to be like, man, I saw my dad do this to this, right? My mom do this to this. So he has been seeing it. Yeah, so and that was actually very conscious too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like from the very get-go. Yeah, like you guys are breaking... Breaking the mold. Yeah. Yeah. He's a lucky kid. He He's does get mad at me for yeah. babying him, though. <laughs> that's a mom. Dad's, though. like, the tough one. Dad's the one that's like, no, he doesn't need Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so what are your top three books you'd recommend for entrepreneurs? Because I know you're a big reader. That's like asking what your favorite song is. There's too many. Man, there's way too many. Um, the one that changed my life forever, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read that back in 2004. It blew my mind. After that, I don't think there's a book. There's a lot of books, right? You either become a reader of those books or you don't. Because there's tons of people in any area of business, of, of big thinking, that you could just pick up. Because there's not a book. There's a lot of books. You just got to, like, dip in and start going down the rabbit hole. Because you'll go down a rabbit hole, man. Like, I became an avid reader mostly in my 30s. And, man, like, changed my life forever. I want to give a little bit of credit to The Secret, too. Only because I made this guy listen to it on Audible on a road trip one time. We had eight hours from here to San Diego. I'm like, we're going to listen to this book about the law of attraction. And I played it for eight hours. And I feel like by the time we got to San Diego, it was like a light switch. It's like, whoa. Like our minds were kind of expanded after that. So Yeah, it gives you definitely a different perspective. And and, and I believe in it all, right? But I also believe that you got to put in the work to receive some of those gifts. Right? The gift comes during the work. You know, I didn't that watch I, it. Yeah, the ideas come while you're working, right? Like, so if you're an esthetician, you're like, oh, I could do this better. I can do this better. Oh, it's time to like do this. Like, you know, it's just it's a constant growth. So I'm gonna ask you, what is your most underrated food item at Blacktop that you think people should try? Like, why haven't they tried it yet? That is a very good question. Um, I feel like every man, everybody like has their thing, right? Like, so they come in for every category, and then they just go down the list. So I'm not sure, and this is also conscious effort, right? Like, whatever's not selling, we take off the menu, so we keep everything the popular items, right? So people just. They come down and try everything. You know what I mean? There's not that one item. That's good. Right. Right, right, right. As everybody should be doing, right? Like, And so we keep our most popular items. So there's not one item that I could think of that. What about the Shanghai? 
The Shanghai, everybody was going more towards the savory hot dogs, so the Shanghai would suffer. It's no longer on the menu, unfortunately, because it wasn't selling very well, but it, it was pretty amazing hot dog. But at the same time, people were upset when that one was taken off the menu. <laughs> I got, like, angry messages. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what do you do to stay well? Because um, you're no spring chicken. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you mean, Daily? Or just, just in general. For wellness. My recent one is no more drinking. It's a big one. Yeah. It's a huge one. Oh my god. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I've been drinking since I was sixteen year sixteen years old. Like, you know, looking back it's twenty five years. Like, and this is very recent, like, but I guess like I was like, All right, man, I wanna get up to another level. Like what do I need to do? We had this conversation about five minutes ago. What do I need to do, right? And the first thing that pops in my head, and I avoided it for a little bit, but it was like, it's your drinking, bro. It's your drinking. I'm, I wasn't a bad drunk, like at home drunk and like, you know. It wasn't out of control, but it was like couple beers, couple shots. Yeah, I actually did the math, right? So I'd get home, have about four drinks, and four drinks a night. And you add it up, it's something like 27 drinks a week. You're like, oh, my God, right? And then the last, like, icebreaker was I got a bottle of tequila and I got a 12-pack. And it was gone, like, three days later. And I'm like, that's very impressive, but probably, like, not sustainable, right? Like, and I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Like, I'm glancing 50 in the face. So if, if I want to see the fruits of my labor and enjoy them, then I need to be a healthier me, right? So that that's a big one for me. I recently dropped it. I'm not sure that I'm done, but I don't want to give myself the goal. So before, like, it'd be like, we drink every day. I'll just have a drink on Sunday. So I feel like Sunday opens up the gates to, like, get back in the habit. So I go, you know, I'm just, I've never allowed anything to overtake me mentally, and I'm not going to allow this. So we'll just see. How do you feel? <sighs> I'm like a million dollars. Let me tell you. Yeah. This guy's getting up at 5 a.m., like doing yard work in the back, like full Mexican senor, 5 a.m., cleaning the whole house. And I'm like, man, maybe you should have a drink. <laughs> yeah. Mente. Ayudar. Mente ayudar. Like, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. time to get up. Time to help. No, it's. No, but I'm, I'm proud of him. And he came to this realization on his own, you guys. Like, I didn't have to nag him. I wasn't the nagging wife that was like, hey, you need to. Da, da, da. You know, it, I didn't do any of that. I wanted him to realize it on his own and to, like, come to his own conclusion about it. And he did. And I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, like, just look, I mean, it's more about that next level me, right? And, and, and just, you know, I felt like drinking had the brakes on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just, like, it wasn't allowing me to be that full version of myself, right? And I'm busy. I'm, like, really busy. Like, and I'm not to disclude that anybody else is not, but my day is, like, jam-packed. And... So, you know, like, I just need that clarity and that extra energy and that focus and all the above, and I have it all now, you know. I'm you can't get up and be hungover because you have a full last day yeah, at I the mean, restaurant, then food trucks, and sometimes even a music event. Yeah, people, I got people counting on me to, like, you know, accomplish the things that I needed to accomplish. I'm assuming you used it as a, like, relaxer. How have you, like, kind of switched it and like mm -hmm. what's your like coping mechanism then 
to kind of relax from a long day instead yeah. of grabbing a beer. Because mm-hmm. there might be someone listening that is trying. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the one thing that helps me. Um, let me think about this. That's a really good question. I think the first thing that pops to mind is, and if I could give any little secret, it's like when I get off, it's like it was either a good day or a bad day or whatever, I'd pop a drink, right? Now, I like without the drinking, like I'm, don't get stressed out as easy. So you're more clear in that sense, right? Um, the other secret is, for me, like I get home and I'll pop a non-alcoholic beer or work out or something like that. But if you could get past dinner, after dinner, like nobody wants to drink. Like, if you could get past dinner, like, so that kind of helped me in the beginning. Now it's a lot easier, right? But in the beginning, like, if I could get to dinner, I'd have dinner. And after that, you don't want to drink. You're full. You're ready to hang out. You know what I'm saying? So that was a big one for me. I think the non-alcoholics were a big a big thing because yeah. I went to Whole Foods and I'm like, let me grab every single Yeah, you're like the queen of mocktails. Yes, I love <laughs> mocktail. I am not a big drinker because I cannot have a hangover. I'll be, like, on my deathbed if I have more than two. So it wasn't a big deal for me to stop drinking with him. Um, but I just, I went and picked out every single non-alcoholic beer they had at every store and just brought them all. I'm like, try whichever one you like. And mm-hmm. that was like one way that I helped. But yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's everything else above too, man. Like my sleep is amazing. Like the aches and pains that I was like experiencing, gone. Like it's obvious stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Very obvious stuff. Like You feel lighter too. Yeah. In a, another weird way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't drink either. It's, I'm going to be a year come August. Wow. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. Were you a big drinker? You don't strike me as a um, big drinker. As more like a social drinker. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. now I just, it doesn't resonate. I hear you. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a lot older than you, so it took me a lot. You know, guys aren't as smart as the girls. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it took me a lot longer. But, yeah, I think it was always like in my face. Like, that. You know it, but you enjoy it in a sense, yeah. and it just wasn't serving me anymore. Yeah, I started to realize that it it doesn't bring good ever. Like most people drink to de-stress or to hide by some something they're feeling deep or yeah. to fit in. Yeah, and I just I want to be a part of that box. Sure, and it's very empowering to like for you not to drink while other people are drinking. At least it was for me, right? I went it's weird for them, I think. That yeah, you're not maybe. Drinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 maybe. They're like, <laughs> They're like are you comfortable? Yeah, you good. Are you, are you like, sure yeah. about something? Like, yeah, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. just vibing. <laughs> yeah. And my first, like, experiences were, it's kind of crazy, right? Like, one of them was a show I played. I was sober for the first time ever. And I was used to to take the edge off, have a couple of beers before I go on stage and play music. So like my first time on stage, this is like my first time ever playing. <laughs> He's like, you I'm know? nervous. I'm like, what? You played hundreds of shows. What are you talking about? Yeah, and it, I was like, oh my God. Like, You know what I mean? And then the next one was, you know, we went to a concert and it was the first concert I was ever sober for. And it was really like, whoa, like like eye-opening because you see everybody double fist in and, and you see the employees bringing in like wheelchairs wheelchairs of 12 <laughs> packs and i'm sitting there having a spritzer you know what i'm saying like and, and so that was really empowering and really 
eye-opening because everybody's just getting smashed around you. You know what I mean? And that was my first one. I'd never, I'd never been to a concert like and not had, had a beer. Yeah. Right? It was, a, it, was, it was empowering too because I'm sure I look like the double fister at one point in life too. So, what advice do you have for somebody <coughs> starting a food truck? Um, I would say don't don't throw all your money at a eighty thousand dollar vehicle. Do something affordable, and once you are in there, um. Whatever menu you have, figure out really quick what your popular items are and get rid of the rest because you want to make your prep for the day as simple as humanly possible. Otherwise, it's going to get overwhelming, you're going to get unmotivated, and you're going to want to walk away because it is a lot of work. So speaking of music, mm. when did you first fall in love with it? Mm. No, Nobody believes me, but I, I used to be a very good basketball player <laughs> back in the day nobody believes me that's because you're five seven honey yeah and this was going into like and this was going <laughs> I'm, not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna respond to that one <laughs> five ten um i went into high school and i was still playing basketball man and we were playing tournaments and we were winning them man like you know i was i was pretty good and i needed an elective and i had a couple friends in guitar class and so to fill that elective i went into guitar and I struck the first note, and I was done for. I was done for. You know, shout out to my, shout out to my homie, old friend Adrian, but he showed me how to play a couple things. You know, I, I my very first song was "Come As You Are." Dum 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 dum. I play that same little piece every day for like a year, right? And I was just like, yeah, yeah. That was Sophia with um. The White Stripes. All right. She learned how to play Seven Nation Army. Seven Nation <laughs> Army, and she just kept <laughs> playing it. Dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It's the easiest <laughs> thing it's ever. All but you it's amazing. Hear. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and that was me. So that really like like changed my world, and I haven't been the same since. How do you stay motivated? You are the most motivated individual that I have ever met in my entire life, and. I feel like I have to be motivated just to, like, keep up with this guy. So how do you stay motivated? Um, um, thoughts are powerful, man. You know, everything that I thought of came into reality, right? Like, not in the time frame I wanted, right? Because everybody wants shit to happen overnight. It doesn't work like that, right? And... And I kind of looked up, and I had everything, like, I ever pictured in my head, right? Um, and so now it got me thinking bigger, like, man, if this came to be, what else can I do, right? So now it's, like, way bigger picture, and I know there's a possibility that I could reach it, right? And so... That's what keeps me motivated. I'm like, man, if I did, created this, what else can I do? How do you keep the creativity as an adult? As an adult, that's actually easier now as an adult really? than a child. Than no, I'm not going to say child than, uh, as a teenager or early 20s or whatever now because I feel like as when I was younger, you have more insecurities and you stop yourself a lot more. 
as an adult, and now I just let my mind like run wild. So it's actually easier as an adult, right? It, I just let it go wild. Some things make sense, some things don't. And you just kind of roll with it, you know what I'm saying? There's also something that happened to this guy when he turned 40, where you just like stop giving a F. You just like don't care when you're over 40. So I think maybe that helps a little bit too. No, just you like, just know yourself a little better, right? I think that hap happened at 30. You just realize this is who I am with all, you know, my insecurities, with all my, you know, flaws. This is who I am. And you just like, you're like, I only got this one life to enjoy. So why am I going to worry about what other people think? and not do the things that I want to do, right? So I think it's more of like a acceptance, right? Like a passage. A passage, I think, is a good word. Like getting there and just being comfortable with yourself and everything that you are. It's also growth. Growth. Maybe maturity, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So what is your morning routine? My morning routine? Uh, I, I, first thing I do is I get up and I get in the shower because I feel like it washes off the day before and and wakes you up. It gives you that head start jump. And while in the shower, I think about my day, I do some minimal stretching, and then I get up and have a cup of coffee. And I try and do it all in a, in, in a way where I'm not in a rush. Like, I feel like getting up and like running straight into your day is like, it, it, it leaves you flustered and, you know, and my routine allows me to like think about my day and really attack it from you know, uh, 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 I guess planned out. I just have my day planned out and I start it with ease. So that's kind of my routine. It helps me like attack the day. How do you balance the band, work, and family? Oh, that's easy. It's it's kind of like the gym. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy. Like, you know, you, you, you know, people go to the gym on Tuesdays and Fridays and you just have this routine. And that's what it is for me. Like, you know, I, I know what days I'm doing what. And it's very mundane schedule, but it actually allows a lot of productivity, right? Because I know Tuesday, Wednesday evenings are dedicated to music. And so I just leave everything else out. I don't take home blacktop. I don't talk about blacktop. I just start writing or getting creative and have band practice on Wednesdays. And that leaves that time for that, right? And nothing else. This guy's really organized and really great with time management. He's, he's good with that. It's, 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 it's not something I was born with. It's something that you have to be conscious of and learn, right? It's not easy. Mm -hmm. So it's not something I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm very organized. No, it's something that I had to learn how to implement, right? So yeah, I don't think it's fair to say that anybody's born with it. It's a conscious effort. You know, you just realize, for, for example, me, if it doesn't involve my family, music, or business, I don't do it. Like, I don't go and golf. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, nah. Like, I don't have time for it, right? Like, I don't go to the bars. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't go and gamble. Just there's no time, right? Like, and it's not productive in my head. Oh, then don't get me wrong, man. Like, if it's like if it's like a homie's like, like birthday or something, I'll go to the bar and celebrate with them, right? But I don't just go just because it's Friday. You know, you gotta. I keep a productive schedule, and it's really allowed me to grow as a person. 
What about your evening routine? Uh, well, depending on the evening, I, I like to get home and unwind a little bit, have uh, dinner with the family, and either, you know, do some writing or read. You, you know, just kind of ease and enjoy my home. I really love hanging out at home. I'm really allowed that space. Could you maybe leave our viewers with a little bit of a, an inspiration that you use each day to get you through the day? Words of wisdom yeah. for people Good listening. Good or bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you, you got an idea, man, and, and, and it's a great idea. And you just got to set your life up to it where you're doing it every day. Right, because it's not gonna grow unless you give it energy and 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 effort. You know what I'm saying? So try and set up your day. Try and set up your day to help you succeed at that. And it's not gonna happen overnight. We all want it overnight, you know. I'm a prime example. But you look up and all of a sudden, you know, you got something of significance. For sure. Where can everybody find you? Um Instagram, Facebook wherever you feel inclined to to come check us out. Can you tell everybody the name of the restaurant and the band one more time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the band is Little Streetlight Curb Players. We play reggae, rock, funk, soul, original music, um, Blacktop Grill, 8300 North Thornydale Road. Cool. Well, thanks for being on. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate having you. Yeah. Thanks for not throwing me under the bus. <laughs> Thank you for behaving, you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Happy Thank Father's you. Day. Thank you. Thank you.